0: You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Monday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen to the day. A busy Monday ahead here on the show. We're going to talk a little BYU football recruiting. We had a busy weekend. Offers going out. A new addition uh, via, I guess, a transfer technically. I don't know how to necessarily uh, describe it. We'll dig into that. We'll also talk some BYU basketball. What are positive signs for this team as they get ready for a very difficult road trip out to Gonzaga and as well as USF later this week we'll dig into that and of course we will catch you guys up on everything else that happened over the weekend in BYU sports men's volleyball in action women's hoops a whole lot to recap we'll get to all of that ahead on today's show today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Sonos Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc, the premium and smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. All right, without further ado, let's have some fun on a Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for January 10th, 2021. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there. A quick reminder for you guys: if you have not done so already, please continue to leave us ratings and reviews, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. But if you're Podcast provider you happen to use allows you to leave ratings and reviews, please do it. Honestly, I really appreciate it. Want to give a shout out to Barbecue G. And the way they spelled this was like Barbie, B-A-B-A-R-B-I-E-Q, and then G. So Barbecue G, thank you for your message this past week. Titled it Great Podcast for BYU fans. Said I love this podcast. Try to listen every day. Great way to keep on what's going on with BYU Sports. Barbecue G, thank you so much for leaving us that rating and review. We'll continue to shout out you guys. If you leave those ratings and reviews, we'll give you a shout out on air. And if you want to use your real name, even easier for me to identify who it was. But Barbecue G, thank you so much for your support of the podcast. All right. Let's get going here on a Monday edition of the show and talk a little BYU basketball. Obviously, riding high right now as they beat St. Mary's 52-43 to 43 on Saturday night. Not really going to delve into the game itself because I did that in a postcast edition late Saturday night. You can go back and listen to it. It was about a 10-minute conversation I had. Doing a postcast edition, talking about the game itself. But now BYU has a big week ahead of them. We already talked about it on the postcast edition as well. But BYU heads to number four Gonzaga, and I'm expecting Gonzaga is probably going to rise in the national polls. They probably be number two or number three by the time BYU shows up in Spokane on Thursday night, a nine o'clock tip up there in the kennel. And I'm looking forward to this game. BYU needs to hope that their defensive effort that they had against St. Mary's. Travels with them to Spokane. The concern level, though, is is BYU's offense going to be up to snuff to be able to go toe to toe with one of the most potent offenses in all of college basketball when they face off against Gonzaga? That is a huge question mark I've got right now. The one thing I am liking and the thing I kind of noticed Saturday night, and Gonzaga is going to be more of a litmus test for this, but it's not very often that I have been able to look at BYU's wing players, and I'm thinking of guys like Spencer Johnson, Trevin Nell, uh, T-John T- Lucas, to a degree, but Seneca Knight as well as Gideon George, kind of the two that really stood out to me. Their athleticism has become a big... Big, big deal for BYU. BYU is at a severe disadvantage when it comes to their size on the interior, and I think that's going to be very, very evident when they go and square off against Gonzaga. You have Chet Holmgren, who is a 7-foot, 190-pound unicorn who is just as good on offense as he is on defense. You have Drew Timmy, who is in the running to be the national player of the year. All six foot ten, two hundred 200-whatever pounds he is. He's just an absolute stud. And BYU is going to have to counteract that. One thing I feel like they can use to counteract that is to use the athleticism that they have on the wings to their advantage. Now, Gideon George and Seneca Knight maybe aren't the most polished offensive players. And what I mean by that is they don't necessarily, they're not guys who are going to break you down off the dribble, rise up, and just nail a jumper in your eye. What they do have, though, is the ability to get downhill and attack the basket. And the thing that I like about that is it allows BYU to spread the floor, allows guys to attack downhill, and set up guys on the perimeter that if they don't get the look at the rim, they can't lay it up or dunk it. They can kick it back out to the perimeter and get a shot off. BYU needs to have their three-point shooting be the differentiator in this game against Gonzaga. If they can shoot the three at a high clip, they will be in this game against the Bulldogs. The problem has been BYU's three-point shooting has been at best streaky this year. Can they find an answer and make it more consistent as they go into this game against Gonzaga? They're going to need to because if you try and think that, well, we're just going to lock down Gonzaga defensively, Uh, (laughs) Um, very few teams can say that they've been able to lock down Gonzaga defensively. And I've not necessarily seen a team be able to necessarily do that so far this year. So, I think that what you need to do is you need to go out there and say, okay, we're going to do what we can to slow down guys like Drew Timmy. We're going to try and slow down a guy like Chet Holmgren, but we need to have our shooting be the differentiator for us. And the way you generate open looks for BYU is to attack downhill, drive and kick. It's a thing that if any of you watch the Utah Jazz, it's something that Quinn Snyder is all about. His teams attack downhill and then they kick it out to the perimeter where guys are posted up in the corner or back out to around the arc, and they hoist up a bunch of threes. BYU, this is my personal opinion, if you want to attack Gonzaga, you're going to need to do that. You need to make the defense collapse on you. So have guys like Gideon George attack downhill. Have a guy like Seneca Knight, who proved that he could do it against St. Mary's. He was more athletic than anybody on the court that was trying to guard him in that game. Gideon George, similar fashion. You need to have guys like Trevin Nell, Spencer Johnson, T. John Lucas, and Alex Barcelo. They need to set up the offense, and they need to get to their spots, allow a guy Gideon George and or Knight to attack downhill they kick it back out and you've got to nail those threes that in my opinion is the only way BYU finds themselves with a chance to win this game against the Bulldogs. I know that's easier said than done to go and win a game of this caliber, but you have to find something that is going to even the odds because you are going to get beat up inside. Foose Triore, Atiki Ali Atiki, they're going to be very careful not to get themselves in foul trouble or BYU is going to have a Big issue on their hands. Now, one name that I have not brought up, that I think similar to Seneca Knight and Gideon George could have a similar impact if he were to put his mind to it, is a guy like Caleb Lohner. The problem is I just don't know what's up with Caleb Lohner right now. He just doesn't seem like he has confidence in any facet of the offense for BYU. I know he's being asked to take on a different role this year. It's very clear. He is a guy that's being asked to go and set screens, be a rebounder, kind of be that big that BYU does not have on the roster alongside guys like Fush Triori, and Atiki Ali Atiki. The thing is, though, Caleb Lohner is an elite athlete. He is similar to Gideon George. He is similar to Seneca Knight. I want to see him use that ability. I, I thought the point in case of his lacking a. a- I don't know what you want to call it, confidence in his offensive game. Came uh, early on in that game against St. Mary's. He had a nice roll to the rim. He set a fantastic screen, if I'm not mistaken, was T. John Lucas. Lucas actually fed him the ball, and you would have thought, okay, you go up, you lay it in, or you dunk on the guy's head. What does Caleb Leonard do? He stops his roll. He just stopped, and he starts looking around like, okay, what do I need to do with this? I don't know what is going on with him in terms of the offense, but he needs to go out and play with more confidence in the offensive game. I would love nothing more than to see him take one of those feeds, dunk on a guy, and realize, hey, I'm an athlete. I can do this. This would be a good time for that to happen against Gonzaga, but the evidence so far 17 games in hasn't been there. So, I think that BYU is understanding of what they're going up against when they head to the kennel to face off against the top five team in Gonzaga. I think the biggest thing is they need to find a way to generate more offense, more looks than they've had on offense. They cannot get bogged down in a game like they did against St. Mary's. You do that type of a thing, you're liable to get blown out by 30. That is very much on the table if you're not careful in a game like this. So I want to see BYU use their advantages in this game. And maybe their advantages just aren't advantages against the likes of Gonzaga. But you got to play to your strengths. And I think that's one of the strengths that we're seeing about BYU's teams is their wings right now, they're more athletic than their opponents. Use that to your advantage. We'll find out if it actually is something they can use to their advantage. And We'll find out what they do against the types likes of Gonzaga because – that's the big dog in the West Coast. If you want to be the top dog, you got to go beat the Goliath. And That's the Bulldogs right now. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll talk a little BYU football. It's a busy time of year. Recruiting is ongoing. National uh, signing day is coming up in early February. BYU had a busy weekend throwing out some offers to members of the 2023 and as well as 2024 class. and We found out Saturday night about a new addition uh, via uh, transfer, I guess you'd call it, from Utah State. We'll talk about all of that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, it's the New Year's, my friends. That means New Year's resolutions. A lot of you probably have been like, okay, I want to do this, I want to do that. Well, if you're trying to lose weight or try to eat better, Built Bar should be part of your plan here to help you keep that resolution. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you're going to enjoy this treat. I call it a treat because I have been eating them for the better part of at least two years now, and they were a big key in me losing 40-plus pounds last year. It was not necessarily a news resolution to lose that weight, but over the past nine months or so, they have been a critical, critical part of my efforts to lose weight and to get into better shape. So I want you guys to give them a shot as well. I think they are a fantastic addition. If you've got stashes of candy bars or just food that's not good for you, replace them with built bars. Go to those stashes and then Replace them with the Built Bars. I promise you will enjoy them because a lot of you guys are probably thinking, okay, well, if I start eating, I'm, I'm going to miss the chocolate. Best part is Built Bars covered in 100% real chocolate. The more important part is they're healthy for you guys. Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein packed into those bars. They are absolutely phenomenal. And the best part is they taste incredible. So go to Built.com right now and place your order while you're there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your. Your order that's again that's locked 15 at built.com and more importantly when you support our friends at built bar you're supporting byu football in the process via their name image and likeness agreement with all byu football players so once again that's built.com promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your order support byu football by supporting our friends at built bar
1: it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles
0: Thanks for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'd also encourage you guys, if you've not done so already, I heard from some of you over the weekend about Locked On Big 12. I am actually privileged to be part of their roundtable each week. Of course, BYU me be joining the Big 12 here in uh, next year. Wow. 2023, it's going to be here next year. Crazy to think about. But nonetheless, Locked On Big 12, a fantastic podcast keeping you up to date on everything going on in the Big 12 Conference. Josh Neighbors hosts it. Would encourage you guys to check out that one, just like this podcast because it's free and available on all podcasting platforms as well. Alright, let's talk a little BYU football. Uh, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled... Uh, sounds weird to say regularly scheduled, but we'll get back to our position group debriefings tomorrow. We want to talk about BYU's wide receiving Obviously, Gunnar Romney, big news from him coming back to bolster BYU's wide receiving core. We'll talk about the wide receiver position on tomorrow's podcast, barring something unforeseen. So stay tuned for that. But let's talk a little recruiting because each weekend right now is important for BYU on the recruiting front. Even if it's not necessarily pertaining to the upcoming signing day here on, on February, is it the second this year on National Signing Day? BYU is still doing a lot of work in recruiting. And I think thought something interesting came out of this weekend with five Southern California prospects getting offers, none of which are members of the 2022 recruiting class, which will be signing here in a few weeks. But all of the members of the 2023 and 2024 class, I think that are evidence of how BYU is going about recruiting and going about bolstering their lineup. Now, all five of these players, if I'm not mistaken, all play at the same high school and they play, excuse me, no, I apologize. They're not from the same high school, but they're all from the greater San Diego. Area now, when I first saw some of these offers going out, I saw the name Modern Day, and I'm like, "Holy smokes! BYU is going to Modern Day." Now, let's also be clear on one thing: there are multiple Modern Days in Southern California. This is Modern Day Catholic out of Chula Vista, California, which is in San Diego County. Uh, Modern Day, the one you're thinking of, that's seemingly always winning national titles and is currently embroiled in a high school scandal of its own is up in the LA area but nonetheless some great athletes out of the San Diego area they were offered this weekend presumably I would expect by Ed Lamb because Ed Lamb typically recruits this area he's a guy who's brought guys the likes of D'Angelo Mandel out of the San Diego area to BYU and has made them into very good players and they've proven to be very good players for BYU so you're going trying to go back to that well all five of these players are pretty high-level prospects. Let's start off with the first one here, Jeremiah McClure. He seems to be the highest ranked in terms of the twenty-four-seven composite rankings. He is a six-foot-two, one hundred ninety-five defensive, one hundred ninety-five-pound defensive back who I think has got all kinds of potential on him. And BYU is not the only program uh, to recruit this kid. If you look at his offer sheet, he has got the who's who of the West Coast recruiting him. It may be a long shot for BYU to land him in the t- in the twenty twenty-three recruit class, but BYU's shooting their shot. That's one thing I really liked about this, is all these players seem to be high-level prospects, especially in the defensive backfield, and they're not projects. Let's also be clear about that. These are not guys who are running backs or wide receivers who are like, oh, well, they maybe don't have the ball skills to be a wide receiver at the the Division 1 level. Let's make them a defensive back and see what they can do. This is not that. BYU's recruiting legit defensive backs right now, and I'm actually very pleased with that. Marcus Ratcliffe is another member of that. He plays a Cathedral Catholic in the San Diego area area as compared to McClure, who plays at that modern-day Catholic high school that I mentioned a little bit earlier on. Marcus Ratcliffe, 6'3", 185 pounds. He screams to me, I just kind of watching some of his highlights, he screams to me the prototypical safety that BYU would love to have. Tall, rangy athlete, ability to attack in the secondary. Maybe doesn't necessarily have the hips or the mobility to be a cornerback, but I think it'd absolutely be a guy that BYU makes a safety if he were to pick the Cougars. Now, Chris Snyder is also... Chris Snyder Junior. Excuse me, plays at Modern Day Catholic. He is not as big as the other two guys that we've previously mentioned. Six foot, one hundred and seventy five pounds. A member of the twenty twenty three recruiting class, but he has a nickname, Chris Boom Snyder. Now he's got eight offers from around the country: Oregon, Oregon State, uh, USC, and UCLA. Also recruiting him, so he's got all kinds of attention on him. But he screams to me the prototypical cornerback. I'm just putting it this way. We've already gone through 3 of the names here. If BYU were to land any of these 3 any of these 5 players they would be big time gets for BYU because these are kind of the atypical guys that BYU gets out of these recruiting classes. The next one is Siraz Buncom, and I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly he is the tallest of all these athletes listed at 6'4", 175 pounds, also plays at modern day Catholic. He is a tall athlete. He would be, for comparison's sake, we talked last week about Isaiah Glasker enrolling at BYU six foot five defensive back out of Bingham High School. This is Siraz Buncombe but Buncombe I think has better lateral ability than you would see from a guy like isaiah glasker bunkum probably could play cornerback versus isaiah glasker who i don't think has the ability to play corner for byu he's definitely going to be a safety but he is six foot four that is a really really tall player we've seen defensive backs get taller and taller in recent seasons we all know that the nfl puts a value on it considering wide receivers are getting taller and taller but uh man really really tall guy, and he is still growing potentially. Who knows what he might grow into, but six four already as a junior in high school. Crazy to think about. And then finally, so the previous four we've talked about were all members of the 2023 recruiting class. The only member of the 2024 recruiting class from modern-day Catholic the BYU offered is Isaiah Buxton. He is six foot, 150 pounds, according to 24-7 Sports. So he is not the biggest guy, especially just weight-wise. 150 pounds is pretty skinny, but he is only a sophomore. So you'd expect that he'll continue to grow and really grow into a long frame that he's got. He is a member of the 2024 recruiting class, and I think BYU sees something in this kid because they're early getting in on him. BYU and Arizona are the only two programs, according to 24-7 Sports, who have offered him a scholarship. I think this is actually something the BYU might be signaling a shift in how they're going about recruiting guys. I think they are done by and large with a lot of the projects that they have gone with at defensive back. Think of like as a Chris Wilcox. Chris Wilcox is now playing in the NFL. He was a guy who had never played defensive back in his entire life before enrolling at BYU. Well, BYU did a great job developing. You gotta give credit to Gennaro Guilford, turning him into a great cover corner. Injuries obviously kind of curtailed his later stages of his BYU career, but he is in the NFL now as a great, great success story. BYU, I think with these offers is signaling that they are done kind of going after that. They may still take on a project here and there and say, okay, you're a guy that we think can succeed in the secondary, maybe if he's an offensive player. But that's not appearing to be—excuse me, let me back up. It appears to me that it is no longer the baseline of BYU's recruiting in the secondary. I think they feel like, okay, we have established ourselves well enough. We can actually go out and offer guys who are legit Division One defensive backs. They've been playing defensive back. They are guys who have been trained their entire lives to play cornerback or safety. And we can go out and show, hey, these guys— don't have nearly the skills that you have. They have not been trained. They've been trained at BYU, but they did not have the background you have. You could Think of what you could do in a BYU uniform. That is what I hope BYU is going about with this. Maybe it's a flash in the pan. These offers are just a one-time deal, but it screams to me that BYU may be kind of shifting how they go about recruiting. Now, I also mentioned that there was a surprise for BYU in their announcement on Saturday night or introduction of football players that have enrolled in school. Houston Haymuley was the guy on the mic Saturday night at that St. Mary's game. Any of you among the nearly 18,000 in the stands really heard what that young man is all about. But there was a surprise in the bunch that I had no clue about, and that is that Sonny Moccasini, out of Timview High School, has enrolled at BYU. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, what does this matter, Jake? Who is Sonny Moccasini? Well, he is a offensive line, such defensive line prospect from Timview High School who BYU had recruited before going on his mission, but he had originally committed to Utah State. And if I'm not mistaken, he did sign with the Aggies before his mission. Now, obviously, once you go on a mission after a year's time out in the mission field, you become, in essence, a free agent. You can sign anywhere without penalty under the current rules in the NCAA. Well, Maccasini apparently has returned home and decided he wants to play football uh, much closer to home. I know Logan's not far away from Provo. It's a, what, hour and a half, two-hour drive. But BYU is, what, a two-minute drive from Timview? And Sonny Maccasini apparently is going to be a BYU Cougar. I remember watching uh, Sonny Moccasini when he played for Timview. Some of you probably know. If you don't, I call high school football games here locally. and I do a lot of games in Utah County. And as such, we get kind of the top games in the Valley. And Timview is featured a lot. I remember watching Moccasini play. He was mainly an offensive lineman. He had signed with Utah State ostensibly as an offensive lineman. but. I wonder if BYU is bringing him in with the thought of trying him on both the offensive and the defensive line to see what he can offer. He's got a very compact frame. He is not your tall offensive lineman that BYU seems to recruit. He's listed at 6'3". If he is 6'3", I'd be stunned. I I think he's closer to 6'1". So that screams to me, maybe BYU sees something in him as a defensive lineman, whereas uh, Utah State wanted him as an offensive guard or a center. I think this may be a shift that BYU moves him to defensive line. I don't know that for certain. Uh, guys like Jeff Hansen would be able to tell you more about that, and I may have to talk to Jeff about this and see if he has some intel on it. But I was as stunned as anybody that Mocassini, uh was on the court there Saturday night at BYU, but I think this is a very solid pickup. This is a solid three-star prospect, spe- speaking of Maccasini, and he comes from a very proud program. Any of you who have watched Tim View football know how good of a program Tim View is and how good they are at developing guys. We'll see. I just think that Sonny Maccasini six foot three, three hundred pounds. Like I said, I don't think he's six foot three. If he's 6'1", 300 pounds, he may be the perfect guy to try out at defensive line because you always know you can move him back over to offense if it doesn't work out. Give him a shot at D line, see if you can work some magic like you have worked magic with guys like Caden Hawes in the past, and see what you can do with him at defensive tackle slash nose tackle. I just I think that might be something worth looking into. So we'll find out. But that was a little bit of a surprise to me to see that from the weekend. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we will round out today's show with a look back at the weekend that was in other BYU sports. Some good, some not so good. We'll touch on all of that in just a moment. Today's show is also brought to you in part by our friends over at the GetUpside app. Our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas that they fill up with every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code SCORE, and right now you can get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that is up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using our friends at GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch, my friends. The cash gets added right to your account, and you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get 50 $0.50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code SCORE with the Get Upside app. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new
1: year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, and free dessert for life, homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: Before we go on this Monday edition of the show, let's recap the weekend in BYU sports. We'll start off with the good news. The number 18 ranked BYU women's basketball team moved to 2-0 in West Coast Conference, play with a 94-68 to route of Pacific in the Marriott Center. BYU now moves to 12-1 on the season. Shaylee Gonzalez, who I still think is BYU's best player, had her eighth season of 20, eighth game of the season, excuse me, of 20 or more points, led the Cougars with 22 points In the blowout win. Really impressive from her. Tegan Graham, BYU sharpshooter, she had 15 points and five assists on the day. Uh, Her third game, excuse me, sixth game of the season, she has scored three or more three pointers, had five on the day for her 15 points. So very impressive for BYU. The more important thing is, and one thing I love about this BYU women's hoops team, is they assist. They are a team that works together. They assisted on 24 of their 36 baskets and shot 45% from the field. Lauren Gustin had her 7th double-double of the year with 12 points and 13 rebounds, and Paisley Harding, who has been a standout for BYU all year long, she had, had a quiet 14 points. Really impressive for BYU. They're back at home this coming Thursday as they take on St. Mary's in the Marriott Center. That game scheduled to tip off at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. The game will be televised live on BYU TV, so looking forward to that. That'll be on Thursday night for the Cougars against the Gales. Now on to women's gymnastics. Uh, the women's gymnastics team was competing in the Rio until Best of Utah NCAA Gymnastics meet Friday night at the Maverick Center. Utah, of course, the behemoth that they are, won the tournament with a score of 197.100. Utah State beat out BYU for second place with a 195.875. The Cougars coming in third with a total score of 195.225. And then Southern Utah finishing in fourth with a 195.000. So BYU, a decent start to their season. But uh, one thing I did not know about this until reading up on it afterwards, BYU is down nine athletes in this meet. So considering they were down probably... I'm going to assume some of their top athletes. To finish third place is actually pretty impressive. It's all obviously dealing with COVID issues, according to what Guard Young, the comments he made, it seemed like there were some COVID issues that precluded those players from participating, but they'll be back on the road this coming week when they head to the University of Nebraska Saturday in Lincoln to take on the Cornhuskers in a dual meet. We'll have more for you guys later in the week on that meet. The number six ranked BYU men's volleyball program suffered their second straight sweep loss to Start their season following 21 25, 19 25, 24 26 at number five Penn State over the weekend. Disappointing start to the season for the Cougars. They are now 0 2, but I think evidence of BYU's continuity they had with this squad, replacing five starters from last year's squad that made it to the NCAA National Championship match. Well, it's kind of hard to do that. So BYU struggling. They will be back at home for their first home match of the season this Friday when they host UC Irvine. Yes, the Anteaters at one time beat BYU in back-to-back national championship matches. The Anteaters come to Provo this weekend. We'll have more for you guys, as I mentioned, later on this week for that as well. But a disappointing start to the season for BYU men's volleyball. And then finally, men's tennis open their season in Honolulu. Hawaii participating in the UH Tennis, uh, excuse me, the Hawaii invitation at the UH Tennis Complex on Saturday. Uh, BYU had a great weekend or a great tournament in doubles play according to Dave Porter. They were 8-1 and one in doubles action, 9-12 and 12 in singles, so not as good in singles play but a nice showing in doubles for the men's team. Uh, they will be back in action coming home in a couple of weeks when they have their first dual match of the season taking on Weber State in Ogden on January 22nd but it's a decent weekend. You need to go to Hawaii in the middle of the winter. That seems like a pretty good start to the season to me, just weather-wise to get out of the cold here in Utah. So there you go. That is the weekend in BYU sports. As I mentioned on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk more about what's going on with BYU football, our position group debriefings. We will take a look at what's going on with the wide receiver position and of course, we'll continue on getting you ready for a big big week ahead in BYU basketball so we got a lot for you guys, so stay with us all week long. I want to encourage you guys now to make your second listen of the day our friends over at Locked On Bet, your daily one one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Paramount Sports, Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, just like this one. And once again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Have a great day. And of course, we'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for January 10th, 2022.